Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the Beyond the Self podcast. I am Africa. I'm your host and I am very... (laughs) This part always makes me laugh because I I always picture myself as like a game show host or something. But I'm, I'm your host. I'm your host, Africa. And I am very, very, very happy to be back with you for another week of exploration. That's that's the main thing that we do here. We explore, we bring awareness to things. It's not about being hard on yourself. It's not about pathologizing and making normal human things abnormal. It's not about incessantly labeling yourself. That is not my approach. That is not what I do. I always encourage you to keep yourself in the driver's seat take what resonates, but also make room for the things that might not resonate right now, but you might decide to revisit them in the future. Um, But then there might just be some things that are a, this is not for me, full stop. Um, But I always trust that you will leave room for yourself to change, for yourself to expand in different ways, and for yourself to bring things to the table that maybe you at some point in time never thought you would. Okay. So that's the whole point of this podcast. And we do that through the lens of psychology, philosophy, my personal anecdotes, stories that, you know, other people have shared with me, the work that I do with my clients. As you might know, if you've been part of my, my work and following my work for a long time, um, or if you're new to this, then you will know, you will want to know this now, but in all of the work that I do, and what I pour out into the world, I mainly focus on two pillars. I focus on self-sabotage, and there are so many things that fall into self-sabotage. I'm going to be doing a refresher episode on that, because since I did the last one, maybe a couple of years ago, there are so many things that I would say differently, so many more examples that I want to give you, because one of the main things I always encourage you and my clients and myself to remember is that self-sabotage, when you really look at it properly, it's all about self-protection, but we tend to protect ourselves in ways that don't actually fucking work. So I'm fascinated with the things people do to get in their own way. And that's what I like to explore so that I can maybe help you identify your own blind spots so that you can come up with solutions and I can also put forward solutions that might support you. Another area that I also explore, which makes up two of the two, is self-censorship. So even though I didn't use the term self-censorship to really describe a big part of the work that I do up until two and a half years ago, um, it's actually something that I have been something I've been so curious about for a very, very long time. Why do we withhold our thoughts? Why do we withhold our ideas, our opinions? What are we so afraid of? Why do we muzzle ourselves when it matters most? Why do we fear being abandoned and being rejected? And if we're using the language that we use today, being cancelled to the point where we will agree with things we really don't fucking agree with, where we'll find ourselves parroting and echoing sentiments that make no sense to us when we end up silencing ourselves into resentment. You know, um, I've always done that sort of work in relation to my own, forgive my raspy, but very sexy voice. The, The past week is 
finally catching up with me, but I'll, I'll let you in on that in a moment. Um, <laughs> no, I've lost my train of thought. Um, no, I've got it. So what I, what I like to do is I really like to just explore the concept of self-censorship through what you, the individual can actually do, because I've always explored it with my clients <clears throat> in a professional way. So for example, because I, I work with people that are mainly in the public eye, people that are hyper visible, people that have so many eyes on them, people that are leaders, people that are entrepreneurs, people that are in very high positions or transitioning into very high positions in the world, whereby they start to actually silence themselves in ways that are sometimes not even that recognizable. They start to play very safe. They start to monitor their form of self-expression. They start to feel as though they can only express themselves in these ways because, you know, now there's, there's more at stake or whatever the details might be. Or you have people that yearn to be leaders, people that really want to start something, but they're so afraid of what other people will think that they just they they just won't allow themselves to do it. Or maybe they put forward a really tame, sanitized version of themselves. So I've always worked with people in that in that regard. But in the past two years, it's changed so much. Now I really I do all of that work still, but I'm much more interested in what's happening to the everyday person because now we're experiencing self-censorship on a mass level in a way that we've never done before well especially not in the time of social media and in the digital age where everyone can sort of see it um so that's what I like to explore in different types of conversation not just as you know a commentary of what's happening in the culture which is actually a very small part of what I do but I want to focus on the individual. I want to help you focus on what you can control, which is your inner world for the most part, right? Um, so that's what you can expect. That's what you can expect here. That's what you can expect in all of the conversations I have. And it will look different each time, or I will keep on talking about the things that come up for people regardless of who they are, regardless of where they live, regardless of, you know, where, where they rank economically, regardless of all of those things. There are some universal things and challenges that we all experience. And I, I like to dive into those. And what I put forward is not supposed to be taken hook, line and sinker. I said this before, but I'm going to repeat it. You have to be in the driver's seat you have to be able to cultivate that, that, that ability to discern, to judge well what is right and what is wrong, what works for me and what doesn't. What do I think doesn't work for me? But if I really stretch myself, it could actually work. And then you actually need to in, integrate these things into your daily life. It's not just about listening to something, getting inspired by it, and then not fucking doing anything. You have to try and integrate the learnings that work into your daily life. And that does take time. I always say this, but it does take time. There's no quick fix. It's not a one and done. You can't five step your way out of the fuckery. All right. You have to integrate whatever teachings work, monitor the shifts. Don't be hard on yourself. Don't spend your entire life fucking immersing yourself into self-improvement. Live as well. Okay. So that is what we do here. That is what we do. Um, so the conversation that we're going to be having today is, <sighs> I say this all the time, but it's already a favorite. It's already a favorite. I mean, look, just look at the title. You, you got excited to listen to this for a reason as well. Okay. 
Um, I'm always fascinated with the idea of confidence. It's this thing that we we think we we kind of know what it means intuitively, like a lot of other things. We know what it means intuitively. We also know what it looks like intuitively, but it can also feel really abstract. And it's it's so subjective most of the time, right? Because people display confidence in a different way. We've also been told that confidence looks like a very specific thing. So maybe we don't even think we're confident. If only you knew how many people I work with who are just the most brilliant people who always lead with saying things like, I'm not that confident, but, or um, I wish I could be as confident as insert the name here, or maybe they say me, or maybe they say someone else that they admire or someone else that they've put on a pedestal. But we always lead with these things, especially in the Western world, like, oh, I'm, I'm not that confident, but, and then when I, when I sprinkle in a few questions and I'll, I'll say, okay, but is that actually true? What proof do you have that you're not a confident person? And if you really weren't that confident, you wouldn't have been able to do X, Y, Z. You wouldn't be in the position that you're in. You wouldn't have been able to make that very bold decision that you made about your life. You wouldn't have been able to trust that you could make it out of whatever adversity you've been through in your life. So why are you leading with this idea that you're not a confident person? Why are you etching that onto your identity? So I'm always really just, um, it's something that I always want to explore. And it's something a lot of people say they need help with. It's something a lot of people need help with, but it's still a, a pretty abstract concept. So it's something I want to, again, explore with you today. But I as with all things, before I dive into it, I will give a definition, the dictionary definition of what confidence is. But this podcast is not a how to be confident podcast, although I think it will kind of indirectly end up being that anyway. What I wanted to talk about today is I want us to dive into whether you Okay, we're not going to be looking at this through the lens of other people. We will be doing that here and there, but it's about you. Are you really confident or do you have an inflated sense of self? And if you're thinking, mm, I don't think this really applies to me. I don't think I have an inflated sense of self. I don't really struggle with confidence. Could I be a bit more confident? Sure, but it's not something I struggle with. Or um, maybe you really do struggle with confidence, but you don't think you have an inflated sense of self. Most people don't. <laughs> most people, <laughs> most people don't think they have an inflated sense of self. And I'll give very clear definitions of that as we run through it. Um, but I just want you to use this episode as as an opportunity to be introspective, as an opportunity to refine what confidence looks like for you, right? So it can also be an opportunity for you to sharpen or to develop self-awareness and to have better interactions with people because now you will understand what healthy confidence can look like, right? And you can also work on your communication. And if you find that maybe you're falling into the category of having a bit more of an inflated sense of self, then you can, you can know how you're going to navigate that. How can you move forward? How can you shift it so that you can be leaning into healthy confidence? So it's good. I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of fun with this one. Okay. Um, let me have a sip of my water. 
yes, shock horror, it's not tea. (laughs) It is not tea that I'm drinking today. I'm going to have my little tea ceremony outside. It's so hot, okay? It's so hot. But tea is actually very good for you even when it's hot, especially if it's something like a white tea or a green tea because it cools your your system. So I'm going to have my little tea ceremony in the garden after this. Um, but actually, why don't I give you a little, uh, just a little update of what I've been up to in the past week before I I dive in into all the goodness. So the past week has been non-stop go, 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 and go some more. And my voice is a little bit raspy today. Um, (laughs) which I actually like, it's a little bit raspy because I spent most of last week, um, using it in a way that I haven't used it in a very, very long time. So on Thursday, I was filming for this project, a project that, you know, I'm going to do that thing where I tell you that I'm so fucking excited about this thing that I can't tell you about just yet. Um, but that's what it was. And, you know, there's an NDA that I signed, so I actually can't tell you. (laughs) Um, but I was filming for something that, I I am so thrilled to be a part of, and it's something that allowed me to really step into my leadership even more as a coach, as a mentor, as a speaker, and as someone that is able to just pour their ideas onto the page and create something beautiful from it, and then film myself repeating those words that I've created. And it was wonderful, but I was speaking for six hours straight, six hours straight in front of the camera, and yeah, so I think I think my voice is, is sort of now catching up with that. And at the weekend, I was at a concert. I went to see Coldplay, who, whether you like them or not, they put on a really fucking good show. I'll tell you that much. Um, and their first album is one of my favorite albums of all time. And so I went to see them and I was singing along. I was using the last remnants of my voice. Um so yeah, it's, it's happily catching up with me today, but I had a, I had a brilliant week last week. It was just, there was just a lot happening at the same time, trying to get myself to sit down and put, put more words to my book proposal. And yeah, so many different moving parts. And I'm also, I've opened the doors actually for my coaching and consulting. So I'm going through a process of enrolling people at the moment. And yeah, so that's another whole thing. So if you are an entrepreneur, if you're someone who is in the public eye that needs my support, if you're someone that is hyper visible, if you're someone that is in a position of leadership in some way, because those are the people that I mainly support in my one-to-one practice, and you've always wanted to work with me, do get in touch. You can email at hello at africabrook.com. Um, and then we can schedule a call sometime in September to get started in January. Okay. So I'll be opening the doors for that. But also if you don't fall into any of those things, I will be doing some masterclasses towards the end of the year. And I do want to do a group coaching program as well for coaches and mentors and leaders who do want to do things differently. Um, Actually, one of the first things that I really started pushing back against when I was removing my layers of self-censorship was just talking about the fuckery that I see in the coaching industry and the online business world. And I was really adamant and still am about doing things differently, 
really excelling in being a coach and being a mentor and being a consultant in having a thriving and extremely profitable business without having to fall into any of the shady bullshit that is just put forward as the norm um, in those industries. And it's something that I was speaking about for a very, very long time. And you might, if you've been listening to me for a while, you might know that. Um, and I created the expansion program from that, which was a group coaching experience, but it was also one-to-one of just, yeah, of just coaches aspiring, um, aspiring, but they've already started coaching, not, not brand new beginners. I don't have anything as yet for people who are just, who just know they want to be coaches, but they're not. This is mainly for people who are, who, who do identify as coaches and they actually have a real life coaching business and they are mentors and they've even worked with clients, but they want to expand the way they do things, but they want to do it differently. They want to do it differently. I'll be opening a group coaching program for that in the new year. So if you do want to know more details on that, you can send me an email as well. Hello at africabrook.com. So anyway, I've been working on all of that. So there have been a lot of moving parts and I'm just, I'm just looking forward to going home now, going to Zimbabwe on Friday, um, in a few days and just being, uh, just being in a different environment, being in the sun, being around nature, being around good food and real fruit and real vegetables and yeah, being with family and music. Ah, yeah. So I'm very excited to go home. So it's, it's all been worth it. Everything that's been happening, it's all been worth it anyway. So shall we, shall we get into this? Yeah, I think we should. I think we should. We are going to start by defining confidence. I always, always like to start by giving clear dictionary definitions of things, because sometimes we like to define things based on what we think it should mean. But the thing, words mean things, okay? <laughs> words do mean things. So confidence, the, the simplest definition that I'll give you for this, confidence by definition is a feeling of trust or belief in yourself, someone, or something. So that is a feeling of trust or belief in yourself, someone or something. And I also wanted to add the Oxford definition, which is kind of similar, but I think it adds a little bit more spice to it as well. So the Oxford definition of confidence is the feeling that you can trust, believe in, and be sure about the abilities or good qualities of somebody, including yourself, or something. I'll repeat that again. It's the feeling that you can trust, believe in, and be sure about the abilities or good qualities of somebody or something. And even as I say that, there's a grounded feeling that I get in my body. Because when you hear words or when you say words, something that I advise you to do to really increase your body awareness is to just pay attention to how it feels in your body when you say certain things or hear certain things. Because that can be just a really a really good signal of things you might want to pay, pay attention to, to say, huh, I realize that when I hear this, it makes me feel calm. Or when I hear this, it makes my nervous system feel a little bit shaky or, or unsettled, or I get a feeling of anxiety or whatever it might be without hyper-focusing on it or over-attaching to it, just just to pay attention because I think increasing body awareness is a really important part of communicating in general. So anyway, 
Um, now that you have a definition of that, I want you to remember, remember what I'm saying here about how grounded that definition is, even as you hear it, right? That idea of trusting, of believing in and being sure about your abilities and about your good qualities or someone else's or, or the good quality of something. I have confidence in this person. I have confidence in myself. I have confidence in this decision that I'm about to make. There's a groundedness that is woven into that, right? Whereas when you have an inflated sense of self, which is what we're going to be talking about today, it's a little bit different, right? And the word for that is also known as grandiosity. It's when you have this grandiose idea of who you are as a person. So where we're going to be starting today in this conversation of identifying if it's confidence, is it a healthy confidence that you embody or want to embody, or is it an inflated sense of self? And I have a feeling as I'm going through this, you will even have someone in mind, whether it's someone who's famous or someone you know personally, or maybe yourself. That That's just how this, this kind of stuff <laughs> kind of works. Because even as I was writing it myself, I could think of people, mainly people in the public eye, because we get to see them a little bit differently. And even clients that I've worked with who've come to me with, with issues of thinking, of being like, you know what, I think my public persona and my identity has sort of overtaken who I am as a person. And that public persona and who I've found myself performing they do have an inflated sense of self. How do I bring back that balance? How do I detach from that version of me? So it was very interesting as I was writing this, but I have a feeling you'll be able to, to kind of think of examples of people that you might know or know of. So we're going to start by going through the list of some of the ways you might be able to see whether someone or you has an inflated sense of self. And as I'm going through this, like I always say, I want you to be very, very honest with yourself. Be very honest with yourself. Do you exhibit some of these behaviors? And in what situations do you exhibit some of these behaviors? Is it when you're around certain people, when you're trying to impress certain people? because it often happens. Is it when you feel a little bit insecure, which is tied into what I just said? Um, when does it show up for you, these behaviors? When can you be some of these things? So really be honest. I don't want you to bullshit yourself because your ego will try and say, well, that's, that's not like me. This is what other people are like. Similar to when I talk about, um, how to identify your own toxic behaviors, which is another episode that I have. If you haven't listened to it, run to it. ASAP after this. Um, we tend to kind of want to give ourselves, you know, this, this PR reflection <laughs> where you're looking at yourself like you're your own, because you are your own PR agency inside you, right? Our ego is like, no, that's, that's not me. That's other people. I've been like that before, but I'm not like that now. But you, you have to be very honest with yourself. No one, no one can hear you or see you right now. Just, it's just you. It's just you. So you don't have to bullshit yourself. So here are some signs of someone who has an inflated sense of self. So when you have an inflated sense of self, you don't recognize your limitations. You don't. Instead of saying, actually, 
I do know that that these are my limits and I know that I'm not able to do this right now. Maybe there's someone else who can do it better than me. Maybe I'm just not ready to be doing that particular thing. You you just don't recognize that. You don't recognize your own limitations. You think you're great and fucking fantastic at every single thing. There is, and we'll go into this when we talk about confidence, but there is an importance and there is value in believing that you can do things that are difficult, that you can stretch yourself, that you can go outside of your comfort zone, that you can do things that maybe at some point in time you didn't think were possible. There is value in that. There is value in that self-belief, in trusting yourself. However, when we take it to the extreme of not being able to recognize our own limitations, that can indicate that you have an inflated sense of self, that you're not being realistic. You're not being realistic about who you are. And being realistic does not mean that you're limiting yourself. It does not mean that you're, you have some kind of limiting belief that needs to be, you, that, that needs to be pulled out of you. No, it just means you're self-aware enough to recognize what your current limitations are. But when you have an inflated sense of self, you don't recognize that. And that can cause a lot of damage in your work life, in your relationships, even to you, even to your safety, even to your safety. Okay. Another sign could be, and often is, that you regard yourself as unique and special compared to other people. You think that you are so unique and so special. And I see this, um, when I think of victimhood culture and I think of sort of the extremes of, of critical social justice, I see this behavior a lot where people really think that they are unique and that they are somewhat special compared to everyone else. And they just need you, they just need to remind you just how special and unique they actually are. But the interesting thing, it's sort of wrapped up in this, in this victimhood mindset and again, there is a difference between being an actual victim, someone who has been victimized and having a victim mentality. You can have a victim mentality without having have actually been victimized by someone or something. And you can also be someone who is a victim and victimized without having a victim mentality. This is very important. So victimhood culture is a very specific thing that actually has, doesn't have much to do with actually being a victim. And usually you will see people just wanting the world to treat them as unique and special just because they exist. And this is another big sign that you have, or a group of people have an inflated sense of self. There's zero self-awareness, zero emotional intelligence, zero emotional maturity a lot of the time. And it also... Another sign that's very much linked to this is you can find yourself being very self-centered and often pretentious, and you can be very boastful. Just take a moment and see if you can recognize yourself in any of those things that I've just said. And again, I, I really have to stress this. This is not about being harsh on yourself. This is not about negatively and harshly judging other people. This is just about bringing awareness to behavior that is probably, actually, I'll scratch that probably, behaviors that are not working for you. Because when you exhibit these behaviors, it can seem like it's working in some kind of way. It can seem like that's the 
thing you need to do to be able to get attention, to be able to be in a leadership role, to be able to be seen as someone who can command a space, to be able to be seen as someone who is maybe better than you actually feel. But the reality is, in the long run, it's not actually working for you because you will find it very difficult to form authentic connections with people. You will find it very difficult to connect to yourself authentically, right? Other signs can also be when you're, you're very self-centered, very self-centered, you have this idea that the world revolves around you when you know damn well, <laughs> You know damn well that the world does not revolve around you. We live in such a vast, vast, vast world. Even the planet that we live on, it it doesn't even begin, doesn't even begin to, to scratch the surface of what exists out there. So when you find yourself behaving in ways that are very self-centered, where you feel like it's it's all about you, when you find it very difficult to believe that there are people out there that just don't like you, people out there that just don't agree with you, people out there that really don't think you're that great, people out there that don't think you're as gorgeous as you think you might be, people that don't think you're as talented as you think you might be, people that actually think you're quite unlikable, Right? When you find it so difficult to believe that any of those things could possibly be true, you will find it very difficult to navigate the world that you live in every single day. You really will. You really will. And it will shatter your confidence. The true confidence that could be cultivated within you, it will shatter all of that. And it will make it very, very, very fucking difficult for you to even believe fully believe that you can be comfortable in who you are as a person. And when you have an inflated sense of self, you can often be very pretentious and very boastful. Very pretentious. <laughs> so maybe you think you you like the best music. Everyone else is is has no absolutely no taste because you like very obscure world music and you believe that you're so well traveled and you like I don't know I I couldn't even give you examples but we all know the kind of people that I'm talking about people that truly believe that they have the best taste and no one else can even compare it can seem like a very small the simple thing and maybe you don't encounter people like that as much but if you find yourself you being that person where you judge other people's tastes, where you judge other people with what they wear, where they go, what they do, what they spend their money on, what all of those details. And you're just so pretentious and you, you're, you're just very boastful. Again, there's a lot of misery that comes with that. There's a lot of misery that comes with that because it also highlights the fact that you struggle with acceptance. You struggle with accepting that other people are different, that other people have different tastes. Yes, other people like pop music. Yes, people fucking love Coldplay, whether you like it or not. (laughs) And they can still have good taste. To them, that is good taste. Who are you to judge what good taste is? In a world of billions and billions of people, billions of experiences, why is your taste so unique and special? It's not. It's not. It's not. You You would need to have a very inflated, a very exaggerated self-concept to believe that your taste is the best taste. <laughs> it even sounds ridiculous as I say it. Um, but it just highlights 
one of the main things about having an inflated sense of self, which is that you have an unrealistic view of yourself in relation to other people. The fact that there are billions of people in the world and you're just one of them, you're just one of them, doesn't even register in your mind because you have such an unrealistic view of yourself. And when we go into speaking about what having healthy confidence in who you are actually looks like, we'll talk about what the opposite of this is. Because yes, you should feel like you belong. Yes, you should admire your own taste. You should be impressed by your own sense of style. You should love that you like the things you do and appreciate all of those little things, all of those little um, unique things in your life and maybe the little rituals you have and the things you do. Yes, you should love all of those things. But to think that having all of those things in your life or doing whatever the things are makes you somewhat special and unique in a world of billions of people that might be when you need to just have a have a look at something within yourself. That means your inner world might need a little bit of a, a, a wash and a, and a clean and an upgrade, right? And that's that's the whole point of this conversation that we're getting. If you also find that you get aggressive and defensive in the face of feedback and criticism, it could also, again, be a sign that you have an inflated sense of self. Because people that do tend to find that any kind of challenge, they see it as a personal threat. They see it as a threat on them. And I want to be very clear that it's what I'm saying right now is not the be all end all. There are so many reasons, many, plenty of reasons why people get aggressive and defensive in the face of criticism, right? Maybe because they're so afraid of being, as I was saying right in the beginning, so afraid of being abandoned, so afraid of being rejected, so afraid of being seen as wrong, so afraid of maybe being attacked and what that might mean if they are attacked or abandoned or rejected. So there are many reasons why, but one of the reasons can be the fact that you believe that no one should challenge you. You truly believe that you're right in every single situation. You believe that your view is the only right one. You believe that your opinions are right above all, even if you're introduced with information that shows that, in fact, you weren't actually right. You will double the fuck down. And I want to refer again to the toxic aspects of social justice and this this culture of um, punishment by by (laughs) punishment by social media. We see this all the time in the echo chambers that are online. You will have people that will duck even if they are wrong. Even if they have been proven to be wrong, they will never retract what they said. They will never apologize. They will never hold themselves accountable or take any responsibility. They will get angry and defensive and double the fuck down and call in their swarm of bees to join in on the attack, right? So these are people that have an inflated sense of self. They have such a big ego, And it's also driven by severe insecurity that they can't fathom that someone will disagree with them. That's when they will call you a white supremacist. They'll call you a bigot. They'll call you a misogynist. They'll call you some kind of phobe. Maybe they'll call you a transphobe. Maybe they'll call you homophobic. Maybe so many things that are very serious. These are very serious real things. But those things will be lauded onto anyone that disagrees, anyone that's, that has a question, anyone that says, actually, no, that is incorrect because of these very valuable factual reasons, right? But because they just can't believe that anyone would disagree with them, they'll be 
shaking and frothing at the fucking mouth. These people have an inflated sense of self. They have an unrealistic view of themselves and others. So it's, so I think this conversation is also really important to not just be able to identify these things within yourself, but to also be able to spot it when you're interacting with someone that exhibits any of those things, to sometimes realize that actually what's happening right now is not even about me. This person will do this regardless of who they were dealing with. This person is so insecure and this person is so shaken by the idea that there's a world that exists outside of their own bubble that they're going to deal with this in whatever way makes them feel comfortable. They're going to protect themselves in whatever way makes them feel safe. Even if it means getting aggressive, even if it means doubling down, although they know they're incorrect. So I think this also helps you just navigate some of these things that we're experiencing, these very fucking weird things that we're experiencing right now, especially on social media. And it can show you what hill is worth dying on and what hill is not worth dying on. And I say this all the time, you don't have to die on every single fucking hill. You don't have to attend every fight that you're invited to. I'm sure you've heard that quote, okay? It's not my quote, but I think it's it's brilliant. You don't have to attend every fight that you're invited to. And I'm going to add a little spice to it. You don't have to attend every argument that you're invited to. And just being able to spot people that exhibit some of these behaviors, it can allow you to decide whether you will engage or whether you will not engage in that. But if you have found yourself exhibiting these behaviors, number one, be be very compassionate with yourself, but also refuse to take any more of your own bullshit. It's time to call it out. Decide that you're not going to behave in this way anymore right? Decide that you want to, you're going to be better at receiving criticism and feedback. Yes, not all criticism and feedback is valuable or is created equal. That we all know, okay? But when you start to decide that you're going to lean into being more open whilst also working on your, on your discernment, the ability to judge well and to not judge well, it just helps you become a better communicator. It helps you become more comfortable in your body. It helps you interact with different types of people. It helps you understand what fight is yours, what is not. Helps you understand what you're going to engage with and what you will not engage with. So I think I think this episode is going to be really good in terms of just navigating all those different little things that you can you can shine a light on. Um, another thing, and I think this is a very good one. Uh, in terms of when someone has an inflated sense of self. So they'll usually have an unrealistic sense of superiority, an unrealistic sense of superiority. And I think a lot of the things that I've already touched on now lead into this, but it's just worth putting forward in a very clear and specific way. They can also exaggerate their capabilities. This is a big one. Please try not to do this. I know how, because I've experienced this in the past, whether it was with jobs that I was applying for, please don't, don't fall into that trap of exaggerating your capabilities because you get yourself into the trap of then having to prove that and maybe getting it wrong and then fucking up and then doing more damage than you even wanted to, whether that damage is in relation to your job or in relation to something more personal, just never exaggerate your capabilities. Yes, there is something to be said for believing that you can do it. 
and actually putting the effort in because people that have an inflated sense of self will exaggerate their capabilities, but they won't even put the effort in to make sure that they're at least <laughs> matching up with some of those exaggerations. No, they'll just exaggerate their capabilities. Pathological lying is usually a part of this as well, because there'll be a lot of embellishment, a lot of lying. Just, just don't do it because you can actually end up having an, an exaggerated ego and an inflated sense of self without even meaning to Because if pathological lying is something that you've just become so comfortable with and you're always wanting people to think you're better than you actually might be or that you're more interesting than you than you actually are or more interesting than you think you are, because we're, a lot of us are more interesting than we think we are. But then we have the people that think they are the most interesting people in the world. And this is what you want to <laughs> this is what you want to watch out for. Okay. Because exaggerating your capabilities, maybe when you're in a job interview, you might do that a little bit, right? You might kind of make it a little bit more colorful, but you never want to lie to the point where you trap yourself into a lie that becomes so much bigger than you. Because then that is self-sabotage. All right, so please make sure you watch out for that. And some other few signs that I'll share with you before we move to what being a confident person looks like, what, what healthy confidence looks like and how you can even start to think about embodying that. Right. Um, but I'll finish off with these for the inflated sense of self. Some of the things to look out for it's when you tend to feel extremely entitled, when you feel so entitled without even putting any, 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 any effort in, right. You just feel like you're deserving of it. Just because I exist, I deserve it. Yeah, I, I deserve the most wonderful, perfect relationship in the world without working on myself. The person can accept me as I am, and that is it. And if they don't accept me, they're a misogynist. <laughs> right? That's fucking entitlement. Thinking you just deserve to have a flourishing six-figure, seven-figure business just by virtue of you deciding that you have an idea and you want to start a business without doing the work of doing the market research, trying and failing, testing different things out, asking your audience or asking your customers what they want, taking the feedback they tell you and applying that feedback, putting the work in, having conversations with people, exploring different ideas, even if they feel silly, Understanding that you're in it for the long haul instead of wanting to see success and, and so much money in a few months or even in a year or even in two years. Understanding that you are in this for the long haul, you're, you are committed. That takes time and it takes you dropping your entitlement. Right. And those are just those are just a few examples. Entitlement shows up in so many different ways. I actually have a full episode on entitlement and I think it will be very helpful and I think it will support this podcast very, very well, actually. Um, so if you're finding that this is a conversation you're really interested in and you're, you're thinking, oh shit, okay, I'm glad we're having this conversation, Africa, then I actually do have a few episodes and I'll mention them at the end that I think will be a great pack for you to listen to so that this message can really, really sink in because I explored many different, in many different contexts and nuances around this. So yeah, I'll make sure that I do that at the end, but I just want to finish, um, this, this 
pillar with saying that when someone has an inflated sense of self or when you exaggerate who you are, when you think the world revolves around you, or maybe you don't even think that, but you've just become so used to exhibiting the behavior that is now making you actually think think that everything does revolve around you and that there is no room for you to, to improve or room for you to take on any feedback or room for you to just be open to other people's expect perspectives and worldviews. When you are in this place of being and in this state, it's more likely that you have a fixed mindset. And I am actually going to do, let me just write that down. I'm going to do a full episode on the importance of moving from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. Because people that have an inflated, exaggerated ego tend to have a very fixed mindset. It's very much... um, I am who I am and you're just going to have to deal with it. If I was to just to just put a, a phrase to kind of encompass everything that I've just said in the past 20 minutes or whatever it's been, it would be that. I am who I am and you are just going to have to deal with it. And if you have a problem with me or anything I do or say, that means you are the problem. So there's never any room for for introspection. There's never any room to refine self-awareness. There's never any room to take responsibility or to take accountability or to learn. There's never any room to grow consciously. You're so fixed in your way of being and in your way of thinking. And in the long run, and even in the short term, that doesn't work. Not in the truest sense, not in a way that allows growth, not in a way that allows relationships that are actually nourishing and fulfilling, not in a way that allows for you to to be in the ebb and flow of life because you're so fixed and you're so rigid. But the reality is that our world is constantly expanding and moving and people change their minds. People feel differently from one moment to the next. People experience you in a different way and they have thoughts about it. They have their feelings about it. And sometimes they want to share those things with you, especially if they care about you. And even if they don't fucking care about you, what they have to say can teach you something. And it doesn't mean you have to take it on, but it means you're growing in a conscious way. So when you have an inflated sense of self, it's very hard for you to recognize those things. So you continue to age, life continues to go on, but you stay in the exact same place. And we really don't want that. Well, I I hope you don't want that for yourself. So what do we want, right? We want to cultivate true confidence. We want to cultivate healthy confidence. We want you to be able to believe in yourself, yes. To be able to trust in yourself, absolutely. To believe in your capabilities and that you can do things and that you can do things that are difficult. You can do things that are challenging, right? But you still need to remain grounded. You still need to remain realistic about who you are while stretching yourself at the same time because it's not an either or. You can still stretch yourself. You can still go outside of your comfort zone. You can still be bold and audacious and fucking daring while being humble when needed. And there's nothing passive about the humility that I'm talking about. In fact, it's a very assertive people. We're going to have to do another whole conversation as well on communication styles beyond what you say, but embodying, embodying being truly 
truly assertive. And that requires confidence. That requires a healthy, grounded confidence. So I want to give you some examples, some examples that are really going to counter the ones for the inflated sense of self. And then you can you can start to think about how you're going to integrate this into your daily life. And maybe as I list these things, also recognize them in yourself, okay? Because this is not just about recognizing the fuckery, recognizing the things that need to change. Also recognize the things that are already within you, but you had never consciously realized that I'm actually like this already. I already do this. Give yourself some credit as well, but you can, at the same time, you can recognize and commit to refining them. Now that you're making this conscious, it's even more exciting because you'll be able to see it in action. Maybe in a moment where you're dealing with someone that's challenging or you find yourself in a space with people that are maybe doing the kind of things that you could only dream of. So instinctively, you have an urge to kind of exaggerate something you're doing, exaggerate an idea. Maybe you get an urge to even lie, uh, to say you're doing certain things when you know that you're not actually doing them. Um, you'll be able to spot that moment where you have a choice. You have a choice to respond in a way where you could actually still be in your grounded confidence to say, you know what, I've had this idea. I haven't executed it yet, but this is what I plan to do. And you can still put that forward in a confident, assertive, self-assured way without needing to lie or exaggerate anything. Instead of reacting and saying, oh yeah, I've, I've done this thing and it's already blah, 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 whatever your lie might be and wherever you might take it, just by bringing awareness to these different ways of being in the way that we're doing through this episode, you'll be able to recognize it. Or I, I, I'm going to put that forward to you as an actionable, actually. I challenge you to recognize it in your interactions because even from today, you're going to be interacting with people or you're going to be having certain conversations, watch out for when your ego wants to step forward and inflate your experience. But also look out for those moments where you can still respond with confidence without needing to be out of integrity. Because the difference is when you have an inflated sense of self, you're being out of integrity. You're fragmenting yourself for whoever you're in front of or whoever you feel less than, whoever you feel better than, whatever the details are. But when you're confident, you're in integrity. I think that's one of the simplest ways you could also remember this, actually. You're whole, you're in integrity, you're grounded. So I'm going to give you some specific examples of things you can look out for and things you can, you can make a commitment to cultivating, okay? So first thing that I have here is that when you're truly confident and you're grounded in that healthy confidence, you trust that you can make the right decisions for yourself. And I know that sounds so simple, but that's one of the biggest signs. Self-trust is huge. A lot of people don't trust themselves. Even people that seem to be the most confident, they don't trust themselves. So sometimes because of that, they overcompensate in loud ways where they perform as if they do. But when you have that healthy confidence, you trust that you can make the right decisions for yourself, even if they are difficult decisions to make, even if it's it's a hard conversation that you need to have, like the conversation I needed to have with my cousin uh, a few weeks ago now. I had to trust. I had to trust that the decision that I was making in that moment was the right one even though it felt really uncomfortable, even though I was cringing a little bit, even though I felt silly that I was cringing, right? I had to trust 
that I was making the right decision. I, have to, I had to be confident in that decision. Also, when you're confident, you're self-aware and grounded in who you are. By now, you should know what I mean by that, right? You're grounded in your identity. You're grounded in your sense of self. You don't need to over-exaggerate. You don't need to lie about what you're doing, about what you have done, about what you have, about what you don't have, right? You're self-aware and you understand your limitations, but you also understand your potential and your abilities and you're not afraid to express them. All those things can coexist. And when you are truly confident, you're aware of that. You're aware of that. Another thing here, and I thought this was a really good one to add because sometimes we think confidence is just about what you say and and what you do, but, 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 it's also very much about your body language. So when you're confident, you have an open demeanor. You don't have an apologetic demeanor. You don't have your shoulders kind of hunched in on yourself. Your body says a lot. Your body language says so, so, so much. Using words is actually just a very small part of how we communicate. Because for the most part, you're walking, you're walking around, you're not really saying anything all the time. And when you are saying something, you're also moving your body, you're expressing with your body too. So I want you to keep an eye on your body language. How are you holding yourself? Do you have an open demeanor where your shoulders are up and your chin is also slightly up, right? Not in a way that's kind of like a exaggerated or a performance, but just in a way that's comfortable, in a way that is natural to you, but you have an open demeanor, you have a relaxed open demeanor. You have good posture. It might feel silly, right? And I really don't want you to think of this as silly, but I would even urge you to, we have so much access to information. Go onto YouTube and look at what it looks like to have a good posture. Work with your body. Again, this is about body awareness. Body awareness is huge when it comes to communicating. So I don't want you to think that communication is just about what you say. And I say this to my clients all the time. And if you and I were to work together, this is also some of the work that we'll do. Your body is involved in all of this. Even when I talk about undoing self-censorship and going through that entire process of expressing yourself, even when it's fucking uncomfortable, your body plays a role in this as well. And I know that everyone is differently abled. So all of this will look different for everyone, but you know, you know what it is you can change. You know what it is you need to do. It's even in things like the eye contact, right? If you're unable to move parts of your body, it's, it could be in the eyes. It could be in the eye contact, the way you hold and maintain eye contact with someone when you talk. And no, we're not talking about fucking staring or making someone uncomfortable, all right? <laughs> but it's in the eye contact. It's you being grounded in who you are, even if it feels a little bit uncomfortable to get used to maintaining eye contact. And I know that eye contact in, and the way that it's approached looks different from culture to culture, which I also find very interesting. But for the most part, you can exhibit confidence just by how you maintain eye contact when you're speaking and communicating with someone. So your body and your physical is also a part of how you can cultivate confidence. So watch out for that as well. When you're truly confident, you allow yourself to be in your authentic expression and you're open to being corrected, but you use discernment, which is rooted in self-trust. So put simply, 
what that means is you're open to being corrected. You're open to course correcting because you want to be better. You want to do better. You don't want to be in the wrong and to be strong about it. You want to be able to change direction and to learn more and to expand your worldview, to refine your worldview as well, right? So you're open to being corrected, but you use discernment, which means that you know that just because someone's saying, hey, you should do this, or you did this, or criticizing you or giving you feedback doesn't always mean you need to take it on. But for that to happen, you need to be able to trust yourself. So committing to building your self-trust is also a part of that confidence building process. And there's nothing, nothing egoic about that in terms of having an inflated sense of self, because as long as you're open to being corrected, that means that your ego is not taking over you. And that's a very, very good thing. So something else to accompany that as well is that you practice intellectual humility. So you know that you don't have all of the answers. In fact, you you seek different answers. You want to hear different opinions. You want to hear different thoughts. You love when your mind is challenged, right? And if you're thinking, oh, I don't really like that so much. I don't do that so much right now. This is amazing because you have an opportunity to turn things around at any moment and you can start small and meet yourself where you are. You don't have to do so much or try and do everything in one day. It's just a moment to moment thing. All right. But you practice intellectual humility, which is a game changer, a game changer. And your confidence is not solely dependent on other people. So you don't just seek validation in other people from other people to make yourself feel good. You're able to evoke that within yourself. You're able to validate yourself without being entitled, without thinking the world revolves around you, without being aggressive when you're corrected, right? You're able to evoke that feeling of affirming yourself and validating yourself and saying, yeah, I'm worthy of being here. Yes, I am good at this. Yes, I am talented in whatever the thing is. Yes, I have done that well. And you can do that from a grounded place. You absolutely can, all right? Also, when you're truly confident, you tend to avoid the victim mentality at all costs. You look for where you can take accountability and responsibility. And as I mentioned before, you understand that there's a difference between being an actual victim and having and carrying a victim mentality. You also speak with conviction and intention and you choose your words carefully and you deliver them with authority. You speak in a way that makes people want to listen. So you don't use filler words like, uh, um, maybe I think I, I guess all the time. Yes, there's a time and a place for those words, but not all the time. When you're a confident speaker, you're aware of that. And I had to also look out for this when I started speaking more and hearing myself speak more. And I committed to becoming a better speaker and thinking, okay, how can I refine my speaking? How can I be more confident? How can I be less passive in how I speak? How can I still have authority in my voice without being overpowering, without speaking in absolutes all the time, making room for someone to correct me, right? Understanding that what I have to say is not the be all end all, but I still need to be convicted in what I'm saying. So speaking and how you speak is a big part of this. And in the program that I want to do, actually, um, the group 
program that I want to do. Speaking is going to be a a huge component in this, communicating, because the people that I work with, whether you're a coach or mentor, leader, entrepreneur, whatever it might be, the in-between, you have to learn how to be a better communicator. And speaking is a part of that, how you convey your voice, your tone, the delivery, the cadence, all of that matters. Making sure that you don't have filler words, all of that matters. And I still, I'm constantly refining that myself, right? So confidence in how you speak is also a big part of this also a big part of this. Whereas when you have an inflated sense of self and you have a fixed mindset, you don't give a shit. You don't give a shit. You just say whatever the fuck you want to say. You don't have a social filter. Um, you, you don't have any of that. And a social filter is a very good thing. A social filter is not the same as self-censoring. A social filter is when you're mindful with your words, you choose your words carefully. You understand that there's a time and a place. You're aware of your delivery. You're aware of your audience. You're aware of the type of language that you use with that audience. So it's a very intentional process. It's not self-censoring. It's very intentional. And it's grounded in you having confidence in yourself and self-trust right? Whereas when you're, when you lead with ego, you truly believe that every fucking thought and opinion needs to be said and people just have to deal with it. That is not an effective approach. It is not an effective approach at all. And I really want to emphasize that. All right. Um, and when you're a confident person, you also listen more than you talk. And this is a very underappreciated trait. Impeccable communicators, they listen more than they talk. And they love listening. They're intentional listeners, right? So active listening is huge. So practice that as well. Because when you're not confident in yourself, not confident in your voice, feeling a little bit insecure, feeling like you want to prove so much, you tend to, you might talk a lot. And I know that there are instances where some people just talk a lot when they get really excitable, etc. But this is why it's important to bring awareness to how you communicate. I really don't want you to use the, well, this is just who I am. I So what? I get excited and, and anxious and I talk too much. Just who I am, you're going to have to deal with it. Sure. If you just want to take that as a part of yourself and your identity for life, that's fine. That's okay. But you're probably not the person that I'm really speaking to, right? Because I'm speaking to people that want to grow. I'm speaking to people that actually are curious about their behavior, people that want to be intentional about the way they communicate. So I'd really look out for that. Try practicing listening more than you talk. But if you find that you're someone that shy away from expressing their ideas and you you end up just being just listening the entire conversation. That's not what we're talking about here. If you're one of those people that ends up just listening the entire conversation and you're quite passive and you won't really say what you think, I want you to try the opposite. I want you to try asserting yourself. I want you to try allowing for your opinion and your ideas to be heard in that grounded way that I spoke about. Be intentional, choose your words carefully, but not so carefully to the point where you silence yourself and you're you're kind of meek and you're quite passive and apologetic. No. Stand straight in your body, in your energetical body as well, all right? Bring body awareness. Make sure that your body language, you have that good posture. And where you would have otherwise remained quiet and not said anything, assert yourself. Say what you think. Put forward your opinion, right? You have to give safety to yourself first. Stop expecting 
your surroundings to give you that safety before you say something. Yes, that's also a part of it, but you have to provide that safety within yourself first and foremost. And a lot of the time that happens through practice. It's not a passive process, I'm afraid. It doesn't just happen because you want it to happen. You have to get into the field and play. Get into the fucking field and play, all right? I promise you, you'll be good. You'll be all right. (laughs) Um, And the last two things that I want to say in terms of people that are confident and people that exhibit those confident behavioral traits, you don't overestimate yourself. You have a realistic view of who you are and you do this without limiting your potential. I really want to stress that. Deciding that you won't overestimate yourself does not mean that you're limiting yourself. It doesn't mean that you have a limiting belief. That's a completely different thing. It just means that you're being realistic about who you are and what you're capable of in that moment. And if it's something that you want to be better at, you're curious about how you can become better at the thing, but you're still being being realistic, right? So please keep that in mind because the beautiful thing about all of those things that I've just named in terms of confidence, and I want you to really identify that within yourself or to think about where you want to refine it, where you want to develop it and nurture it even more, is that this shows you that you have a growth mindset because woven into all of these, you're open, you're willing, you're understanding, you're curious, right? You're introspective, you have compassion, you like learning, you're open to receiving wisdom from yourself and from other people from the world around you. And that is a good thing. That is a very, very good thing. But I really want you to be kind to yourself if you do think that in some situations or on some level or even as a default, you can tend to have an overinflated sense of self. I'm sure we've all been through it in different contexts and different ways. It's just about bringing awareness to it in moment to moment because we all have a choice about how we're going to react. And we all have a choice around how we're going to respond to situations but you have to allow yourself to become more aware of your mind, become more aware of your patterns, of your behavior, of the things that activate you, right? Those trigger points in the truest sense. Be aware of those things because in every single moment you have a choice. You have a choice. Don't allow your ego to overshadow you because your ego makes an impression and that impression becomes your perception and that perception becomes your reputation, Ooh, that was good. Ooh, that was good. I, I need to write that down. But that's that's what happens. Please remember that. Please, please remember that. And be honest with yourself about what your default is. Do you want to embody healthy confidence? Or are you okay with having an inflated sense of self here and there? Maybe that works for you, right? But tr- I, I, I promise you, I've worked with thousands of people at this point in time and hundreds when it comes to this specific thing, both people that are in the public eye and people that are not in the public eye. And I've had to work with myself on a lot of these things so that my ego doesn't end up taking over my fucking life. Because I promise you, on the surface, it can seem like it's working for some people, but it's not. It's making a lot of people very miserable. It's making a lot of people detach from reality. It's making a lot of people find it very difficult to truly connect to themselves and to other people, right? So please, please just keep an eye on this. And I actually, um, 
Ah, this is what I said I would do. I said I would recommend some episodes that support this one greatly. So I have an episode, I can't remember the number, but it's why faking it till you make it doesn't work. And that one is a big, big part of this whole conversation. Why faking it till you make it doesn't work. And I also encourage you to listen to the entitlement episode and also the identifying your own toxic behaviors episode, because that's all tied into having an inflated sense of self and how you can start to cultivate true confidence, a true understanding of who you are as a person. And you don't have to be hard on yourself. You don't have to judge yourself. I'm not judging you. I'm just very direct about this kind of thing because I know that it's making a lot of us fucking miserable, but we don't have the language for it. So I'm very compassionate. I'm very empathetic. I'm really understanding, but I'm also not going to let you bullshit yourself because there's no time for that. It's a waste of fucking time. So I won't do that to you. So if I sound like I'm getting very passionate when I say certain things, it is because I am. Okay. (laughs) but I love you. I love you. And I care about us all. And I care about the betterment. I don't want us to be always in a state of improving, improving, blah, blah, blah. We we also just need to fucking live, right? We need to make room for the mistakes. We need to make room for being problematic, make room for being human, but not to the extent where we start to harm ourselves and other people, where we're bullshitting ourselves time and time and time again, and pretending that it's, that we like it this way, right? Um, So I hope that this episode was really, really helpful. I know that it was helpful for me to even say some of these things out loud because I'm always looking for where I can become more conscious in my behavior and in how I treat other people and myself and whether things are working for me or not working for me. Maybe it might have worked to behave in a certain way at another time, but maybe it, it, it doesn't work so much anymore. And I like to be honest about that with myself. So, um... Yeah, thank you for spending time with me in this way. If you're not following this podcast already, please make sure you're doing so. And wherever you listen, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, on, um, did I say Apple? Apple Podcasts. Uh, please leave a review, follow. It's it's those seemingly small things that make a huge difference. It might seem small to you or you might not do it at all, but for those that do, it does mean a lot. So I, I really do thank you. Share this episode with anyone and everyone because I think... I think this is one many people will need to hear for for many reasons, but also it helps you deal with a certain type of person. It helps you cultivate confidence within yourself, but deal with a certain type of person. And if that certain type of person is you, it helps you learn how to work with yourself in a way that is kind, but direct and firm. All right. Um, Because it's not an either or you, you can do all of those things at the same time. And we're, we're all proof of that. Right. Um, Anyway, I will see you in the next episode and please continue the conversation. Tag me if you're listening to this. You can give me a little tag on Instagram, on Instagram stories or a post, whatever it might be, so that I can say hello as well. As always, remember, I don't give advice in my DMs I because it's highly unethical for me to do so when I don't have the context of your life and you're not my client. But... I I trust that I put enough detail in all of my work. You can go into my archive where you can get some kind of answer, but the answers are usually within you. You know what you need to do already. All right. You know what it is you need to do. Just spend time with it, spend time with it. But I do like hearing your light bulb moments, what stuck with you. Um, 
even some of your thoughts, maybe areas where you don't quite agree or where you see things differently, please let me know. You can send me an email at hello at africabrook.com or you can send me a voice note. I'm, I'm just one person, so I can't get to every single thing you send me, but a lot of the time I do see it. So I'm very, very grateful for it. And it inspires more conversations that I can have on this podcast. So if you also have anything that you want me to speak about that you think would be really good, um, yeah, make your suggestions. Please do. Please do. But for now, I will love you and leave you. And I hope that you have a fantastic, fantastic week.